Thought Bubble Audio. Hi, and welcome to Academy Rewind, where we take a look back at the Oscars from years past. I'm Tim, and with me for the first time, and hopefully for the many, is 2009's Best Palmer. How are you today? I am 2009's Best Palmer. I was such a good Palmer that year. You were a great Palmer that year. You did things, I'm sure. I I walked across the street. Good for you. Did you look Um, both ways? No. Ah, well. I live dangerously. Yeah, you like to live dangerously. Yes. Just, actually, Austin Powers was just on the other night. I was watching it. It doesn't really hold up. No. Still funny, but doesn't doesn't hold up the same way. Okay, so this is the inaugural episode of Academy Rewind. So for those of you who do not know what we're about, and you didn't get it from the little tagline, um, Palmer and I are going through... Um, we're going through all the Academy Award Best Picture nominees, and we are looking back at all of them through the years and determining whether uh, the Academy maybe made the right choice or the wrong choice on the Best Picture on the Best Picture winner, and seeing which film is maybe the best of the bunch all these many years later. Yeah, yeah. So the way that we have structured this, uh, we are looking at um, we're looking at the nines first. So the Academy um, start. The Academy started. Doling out awards in 1929. Correct. So the way that we're going to start this is we're going to start in the nines and work our way backward through the decade. So we're going to start with 2009, and the next episode will be 1999, then 89, 79, 69, all the way to 29. Then we'll go backwards up to the top and do 2008, yep. and then 98, and so on and so on and so on. And so this will take us all the way through, hopefully, you know, every single Academy Award ever. Every single Academy Award ever. Um, and so, yeah, that seems that's going to be the whole kit and caboodle part. Do you have anything to, do you have anything to say? Uh, yes. You know, this was a really good idea that we came up with, mainly just so we could hear ourselves talk. I mean, you can already listen to me on Supergirl TV Talk and Be With Geeks under the Thought Bubble audio banner. So it's it really just mainly for just you. so people could hear me talk. This is true. Because I like giving the people what they want. You do like giving the people what they want. So the people are asking what the nominees were for this year. So basically, the, the, other, the other little caveat to these episodes yes. is that you do not know generally what the best picture winner was the best picture winner was and i do um for the most part for the most part i think the further back we go you won't know yes um but these front ones you might so 2009 we're going to start with frost nixon Mm -hmm. the curious case of benjamin button the reader milk and slumdog millionaire yes slumdog millionaire is the winner Mm -hmm. for the 2009 best oscars okay uh, uh, best picture yeah so Let's start with Frost Nixon. Okay. Let's go let's go do that. Frost Nixon. Frost Nixon, uh directed by Ron Howard, uh and starring Frank Langella, Michael Sheen, Kevin Bacon, Sam Rockwell, Oliver Platt. Yeah. Um a bunch a bunch of people. A bunch of people and some people who don't do anything. Some people who don't do anything. Like Rebecca Hall, she's yes. in this movie. She is. She doesn't do anything. Yeah, so um, so the main story of Frost Nixon, if you if you're not aware, is that we have um, we have David Frost. This is a true based on true story. Yeah. Uh, who is a talk show host? Uh, who is uh, basically vies for the very first interview with Nixon after his impeachment and after everything's kind of settling down. And so um, 
so what this so what the film comes down to is them kind of coming to a head and having this big interview and seeing if um frost can get anything out of nixon really worth it in the interview yeah um so let's start let's start with the story what did you think what did you think about the story how was it presented i mean the story was presented well um Every movie this year has a framing device, as we know. Yeah, every single movie has every a framing single, device. Yeah, every. Um, but that being said, this framing device is very minimal. Um, the story is kind of set up as a person who isn't necessarily considered a hard-hitting journalist. Sure. Um, so the the Richard Nixon camp doesn't seem that like there's going to be a problem there. Okay. Uh, and he wants to, he wants it there. He like, uh, Frost wants to be the one to get the stuff out of Nixon. Yeah. Because he wants to get back to America. Um, I want to be in America. Right. I want to be in America. Um, cause he used to have a show in America that got canceled, but he wants to get yeah. back. Um, so, so the story's the story the story is well executed, surely. Yes. Um, I think it does a great job. If you're not historically savvy. And I'm not. And you're not, as we know. Um, so the, I think the film does a good job at kind of weaving its way through what could be difficult politics and presents it in a, in a simplistic way. Not simplistic in a way that it's boring, but if you have no idea about anything about, um, about Nixon or his administration, it kind, of gives you, it kind of gives you enough of a good overall that you understand the importance of this film. Right. Or at least what's happening in the film. Yeah. The the one thing with any kind of um, historical movie based on a true story movie is always making sure the person, assume that the person knows absolutely nothing about sure. the, the subject matter. Yeah. And don't lose them. Don't be too far ahead of the... Don't of be the, too far ahead of the game. Of the audience. Yeah. Do you think this? You don't think this movie does that though? No, this movie does a really good job at kind of keeping up. I think so too. I think. I mean, we talked about the framing device. We talked about the framing device of the film, in which there's, um, you know, interviews about interviews about the interview. I guess that's the framing yes. device. But there's also a little internal one in which we talk. They they talk a bit about boxing, and so yeah. and then so when you finally get to the interview. There's this, there's this way in which they like kind of meet each other in the ring for the interview, and then go back and get some water and talk to their coaches, and they kind of like go back into the yeah. interview ring, which I which is really cool. Yeah. Um. Let's talk about acting. Acting so good. Franklin Jella is is, Fro- is Nixon. Yeah. I'm saying he's Frost Nixon. Well, he's he plays he's, both. He's a parts. frosty Nixon. He is a frosty Nixon. He's a frosty customer. He's a cool yeah. cat under pressure. Um. But not in a debate. No, not in the debate. I think, I think he does a good. I think he does a very good job at being Nixon without being Nixon. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, like he he has the he has the mannerism and the and the voice style down, but he doesn't try and oversell it. He doesn't o- he doesn't oversell his Nixiness. Right. Yeah, I agree absolutely. Um, I think. I think he looks enough like him. He sounds enough like him that we get it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what about what about Martin Sheen? Michael Sheen. Michael Sheen. Two different people. I know. So you can understand my confusion. Yeah. Um, I mean, Michael Sheen is is good. Um, this is 
I've seen him play better characters. Okay. You know, uh, I have two, actually, now yeah, that you say it. Yeah. Um, he's good in this, but he is kind of overpowered by Langella. But, you know, that that kind of works because Frost is also overpowered by Nixon. Yes. So so maybe it's done on purpose. It's, it could Ron Howard be. is the actor's director. He's really good about getting his actors to kind of do things. Yeah. Him being an, being an actor himself, he kind of knows what to look for. Yeah. So that could have been on purpose. It could have been. Um, yeah, and it's not, it's not necessarily like he's bad at what he's doing. Um, he's, you know, he's doing it well. And he, he comes off kind of wishy-washy is not the term I would use. But okay. like they're trying to get him to, pre- to prepare. And mm-hmm. he's like, ah, I'm going to go out to dinner. Uh, I have this birthday party yeah, yeah, to go yeah. to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't worry. We'll, we'll get to it. Oh, it'll be great. Don't worry about it. Yeah. He's not taking it as seriously as the other people in the room. Right. Um, which is weird because he is putting up a lot. A like, lot as of you money. See in the, mm-hmm. As you see in the thing, like he doesn't have all the ad space sold. Right. Um, which you could argue like some of the times where it seems he's being flippant, he's actually going out to try and get that money. Yeah. Um, but, you know. Yeah, no, it's good. It's it's yeah. good stuff. The production design of this film, I liked it. I liked it too. I don't think it's anything special. No, I'm sure it's accurate. Um, which I think is the, which is the important part when you're making a, a true story film. Yeah, you want it to be accurate, but um, or any or any kind of film that is supposed to be decidedly in a period. Yes, you want it to look accurate. But I mean, a film that's in a period and a and a true fi- a fiction, yeah. you can kind of play with thematically. But mm-hmm. if like if it's supposed to look like Nixon's house, it's going to look like Nixon's house, you know. Yeah, and that's important. Um, what about cinematography in this film? Uh, I really like the shots. Um, it's done well, like especially like the closeness when they're. During the interviews. Yeah. It really feels like a TV interview. It does. It does. And it feels like a very combative TV interview. I don't think that the... um, They're not afraid to... They're not afraid to play with different styles. Salvatore Totino did the, did the cinematography on this film. And so it's shaky cam throughout the whole film. Yes. But then when you get to the interview, it's steady cam. It's solid. It's like your watch. It's like an interview, right? Um, which I think is really, which I think is really great because there's like this is like this kinetic energy, I guess, to the film, and then, and then you understand the importance and the solemnness of the interview when you get there, and there's a tenseness that stillness brings as mm-hmm. opposed to movement, and I, uh, I really like that. Yeah. Um. One of my one of my favorite shots in the in the film isn't even during the interviews it's during um they go see a neil diamond concert yeah and he go diamond goes to play a song at the piano and it kind of closes in on his hands playing the piano and as it pulls back out yeah it's dissolved to richard nixon playing the piano oh sure so like the the edit which is done really well is during the actual hands playing the piano. So you can, mm-hmm. if you really look, you can tell the difference in the hands. Yep. But I just feel like that shot is just done so well. It's a nice edit. Yeah. Yeah. What if God wash one of us? That's that the song was he's not singing, the, right? No, no, no. No. Okay. Well, it could have been. Well, 
Um, I really liked that um, they talk about in the film the power of the close-up and what that does. And yeah. he was referring to, Nixon was referring to his interview with Kennedy. Um, the debate. debate with Kennedy, yeah. I should And say. how he lost. Because and how he lost because he was he, on TV. Yeah, he looked sweaty. He had phlebitis. Yeah, right. You won't mind if I, you know, pinch my brow. Yeah. With, you know, I just got to. I got to get rid of the sweat here. She yeah. Um, and actually, that was one of the that was one of the things in the interview. Like, look, he he has a sweating problem. You're not allowed to. You're not allowed to show him like Mopping getting his brow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. basically. Um, but I liked that when the time comes for when the president does it, it's not illegal. Right. When that, it's the close-up. It's the power of the close-up. Yes. And, and it's great. It, it kind of is a follow-through that's it, really good yeah. in this film. And that is such a great scene. Like, a that, great scene. It was, he delivered it really well. It's the climax of the movie. It's the best yeah. part of the, I mean, climax of the movie generally is, should be the, some of the best bits of the movie. Yeah. But I think this movie, like, is that part. So it's really well done. Um, the music, Hans Zimmer. Yep. Subtle Hans Zimmer. Subtle Hans Zimmer serviceable but forgettable yeah i mean it's not really the highlight of the movie no it's this is an era in which you don't get memorable music like really it's not that we're not in that zone yet no um which is fine well i mean you kind of you kind of flitter in and out of that zone yeah um but this year was definitely not one for memorable no not memorable music so overall the film's the film's great Held up by its acting more than anything? Uh, yes, held up by the acting and to a lesser extent, uh, visually how it looks. Mm-hmm. Everything else is kind of, you know, good, not great. Like, even like the writing's good, but I mean, it's kind of all there for them. Yes. You know, I understand, like, it's not everything, but the best moments are the real stuff. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm 100% with yeah. you. Let's move on. Okay. Curious case of Benjamin Button. Directed by David Fincher, starring Brad Pitt, Kate Blanchett, Tilda Swinton, yep. Julia Ormond. Am I missing somebody? Probably. I mean, there were a bunch of people. Yeah. Um, Jared Harris. Yeah, I was going to say Moriarty. Yeah, Jared Harris. I yeah. knew I was missing somebody. All right. So the basic story of the the basic story of this film is that there is a man, Benjamin Button, who is who ages in reverse. So he's yes. born a little baby, but he's born an old man little baby. And as he technically, quote-unquote, grows up, he, like, starts at 90 and works his way backwards through the, through the ages. Mm-hmm. Um, so he ages normally at a normal pace, just in reverse. Um, and so, but his mind is that of a of a youth and then, you know, middle age and then old, but it's, it's the opposite. So when he's 90, he's got the mind of a, of a one-year-old and so on, you know, and it kind of works in reverse order. It's a good statement about, it's a good statement about aging, you know, how we, you know, we start with diapers and end with diapers, you know, this, this cycle Mm. that no matter which end you come from, you're going to end up basically in the same place, you know? Um, so this movie was written by, this movie was written by Eric Roth, um, based on an F. Scott Fitzgerald short story. Yes, and no one, no one, by no one I mean either of us, know exactly what part was written by F. Scott Fitzgerald. No, I haven't read it, and I don't. The clock in the film, you know this, this, you know this framing yeah. device. Um, this clock, uh, well, the clock's not the framing device. The framing device is, is Hurricane Katrina. Hurricane Katrina, and the um 
an elderly Kate Blanchett and her daughter, you know, and the kind of going through Kate Blanchett's life. Yeah. Um, through Benjamin Button. It's strange. Right. It's strange. Um, but the clock feels like a Fitzgerald thing. Yeah. Um, like, I think that part is the story. Yeah. It goes backwards because things go backwards. Whatever no, it is. It so they could take back all the poor people that they lost in the war. I know. I'm just being... Oh, man. Um, the one good thing about this movie, and you're... I know. You didn't, like this, like, you didn't like this movie. I did not like this movie. Why didn't for, you like this movie? Well, for one, I thought the story was kind of weak like out of all you're the, weak no, out of all the fine. movies this year this is the weakest story okay um and it, it's not even held up like it it doesn't hold up and it's not done any favors by brad pitt's tempo of acting in this i like brad pitt mm. in this movie he just seems to talk weirdly Okay, are you doing your Brad Pitt right yes. now? Is that what you're doing yeah. right now? Okay. Um I think he's I think he's fine. I think the story I I really like the story. I like it's a it's a good I think it's a good twist on the coming of age. Mm-hmm. Um because he's coming out of age but coming <laughs> into age, you I know. See what you you did see, there. Yeah, uh-huh, yeah, you see. So I think I think that I think that is an intriguing. I think that's an intriguing point. I think it's too long. I know it's supposed to go through his whole life, but I, two hours and forty six minutes. It re- and you really feel it. Yeah. Um, but I mean, like, my, and I think another another problem is like uh, we said the framing devices finding out about Kate Blanchett's story mm-hmm. through like she tells her daughter like go get that diary over there like I'm dying. Mm-hmm. This is going to be the last time we're together. Go get that diary over there, and I want you to read it. Sure. Because I want you to find out who your father really is, and then I'm going to die. Yeah, okay. Sure. You know, it's... Yeah. it's okay, it's I understand what weak. you mean. Yeah, well, she's making some poor choices, just saying. Oh. Um, we, so we see two hours of it. So the acting. So we yes. can talk about the acting. So... um. Brad Pitt was doing a thing that he you was. didn't like. Yeah. I thought he did a good job. I don't think he did a great job, mm-hmm. but I think he, he did a good job. I think the other people in this movie kind of hold it up. I think Kate Planchett holds this movie up because she's Kate Planchett. Kate Planchett. That's hard to say. Um, I think Tilda Swinton holds this movie up. I think Jared Harris holds it up. Um, I, I like Jared Harris, and I liked Mahersha Ali. Mahersha Ali and um, um, his mom. It was, it was Chaja P. Hunton, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think I think some of the side people are really good, mm-hmm. and, and their acting is good. They're just not enough in it. Kate Blanchett, I'm not normally a fan of. Um, she was she was good, but like I found the things that I liked. Kate Blanchett most for was the dancing, like, like yeah, the sure. dancing. Her dancing parts were really done well. Sure. Uh, is that all you have to say about that? About uh, her acting, yeah, yeah. Uh, about everybody's acting, I think you're right. I think the supporting cast is better than than Pitt. I think, I think he struggles with the old man part of it for a little while. He sometimes plays it a little maybe too young like he forgets he's supposed to be 70. Yeah. Like you're like you're moving pretty quick for a 70-year-old. Um pretty spry. Yeah, and it, it also seems like they're like throughout the entire movie. 
Mm-hmm. Um, his delivery seems to, at some points, feel like he never really quite knows what's going on. He might not. Who knows? Yeah. Depends sometimes on the way in which they film the film, and that could have that could have thrown him off. Yeah. Could have been the, the tech they used to, to de-age him. Kind of, it was kind of new and yeah. then. And so it could have been something like that. Yeah. I mean, visually, the movie looks good. I think it looks good. I don't think it looks great. Yeah, there are some, there's some of like the early like digital shots that tend to not age well. No, and they this don't. Has, this has that issue uh, like when they're on the sea at sure. some point. Yeah, on the, we're on the tugboat. But see, so this movie is being told through this is there's a there's a um is it's a work of metafiction here right because it's a story within a story yeah and so the way that the story of benjamin button is being presented to julia ormond there's this um to the to Kate Blanchett's daughter julia ormond um there's a storybook quality to it and mm-hmm. so the way that colors work and the way um the way that colors work and, and the way the CG kind of works, there's this wide, there's this wide shot, there's a wide angle, um, this wide angle film that feels like a story, and because of that, I kind of forgive the some of the lackadaisical effects because it's not real anyway. It's a story. I mean, yeah. it is real, but it's her version of the story, so it's not maybe well, it's not exactly like that. It's his version. Right, which is also, you know, it's, he's a, I mean, he he could be an unreliable narrator. You don't know. Well, you know, it was funny because I was just looking at my narration note for this. Sure. And one of the issues I had with the narration mm-hmm. was the amount of description for a movie. Are like, you, the, yeah. like, like, obviously she's reading it, so you're, you're trying to think, well, if he was... If he was writing this to narrate it, he would have all this description. But it's also a movie, so it's like you don't need that description. Mm-hmm. It just seems like you threw it in there to be like, look, we threw in the description because that's how it would have been written. Yeah, I understand what you mean. It's just a little too much. It's like yeah. showing and telling. I understand. Um, what about the production design? Uh, I mean, Like I said, this, this visually, I like the look of the movie. And the production design goes along with that. Um, the the room at the hotel with him and Tilda Swinton. Yeah, where they're at the table, the lobby. A, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, 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 the actual room. Okay. Um, and they're like, I think it's his room. It's a very small room. They're at a table. There's a window. You can see the you can see the kitchen counter and the coffee. It just it felt like a very cozy scene, and this movie does really good with scenes setting up to look very well sure um i think that's the strongest part of this movie is how the scenes look and how the scenes are kind of maybe not necessarily shot but framed um i don't i don't disagree with any of that i'm i think we're right on the same i think we're right on the same page there uh absolutely so uh, we kind of already talked about but let's talk about the music Alexander uh, Desplat. Okay. Uh, it was eh, meh. Pleh. It was fine. Yeah. It was fine. It was doing a thing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there was music. I'm almost per- positive of it. 
Yeah, I think it gives. I think it does a good job of keeping you around what what age we're supposed to be in. Yes, what decade? But besides that, it doesn't really. It doesn't do anything strong. Yeah, like during the slow parts, I don't feel it necessarily moves the movie along. I agree. Um, so overall, personally, I think the movie. I think the movie is emotionally affecting. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's I, there's something about it that. I think it could have moved a little quicker, but I think it hits the notes that it it, it should hit. Yeah, yeah, I, I I could agree. I could agree that emotionally it hits the right notes. Yeah. Okay, moving on to the next film, the reader. Okay, so let's take a look at the reader. Directed, yes, let's read our notes for the reader. Indeed, directed by Stefan Daldry, starring Kate Winslet and. Dare I say Ralph Fiennes? Starring? Question mark? Starring Ralph Fiennes, perhaps? Maybe? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, we'll mean, say. Yeah, I mean, he is... He is the framing device. He is another framing device. Yeah. You are correct. You are correct. So, I would argue that um, that David Cross, um, who plays a young Ralph Fiennes in this movie, mm-hmm. is the... Uh, uh, he plays a young Michael... Is he? He's more of the star than than Rafe is. Yes, um, Rafe. Rafe. Apparently, it's Rafe. Really? Yeah. Okay. Rafe finds. So anyway, uh, the the basic story here is that this is a young boy named Michael in Germany in the fifties, and he um, he has contracted scarlet fever and is very gets very sick on his way home, and so this woman Kate Winslet uh, helps him out. And brings him home. And so after he recovers from Scarlet Fever, he finds her to thank her. And one thing leads to another. And they kind of start this illicit affair, even though yeah. he's in a teenager and she's in her 30s, 40s, something like that. Yeah. Um, and so they have this romantic summer of love and some problems and whatever. In which she basically makes him read to her for sex. See, you don't make it sound nearly as romantic. It okay. he wrote, he read to her to, because she enjoyed it. Okay, and they had sex because they both enjoyed it. Okay, sure. The way you make it sound is like a very failed prostitution. Okay, um, sure. Anyway, um, so years pass, and then we see that um, we see that uh, he is in law school and he goes to this trial for for school and she is on trial with a bunch of other Nazi women. Turns out she's a Nazi. For for war crimes. For war crimes. So, and that's basically the movie and it's him trying to reconcile these differences, his his love and the fact that she's a Nazi. So, or was. So, um, what did we think about the story here? Uh, I thought the story is probably the best story out of the bunch. Okay, I agree with that. Um, because there's just so many different layers to the story. You have a very sweet romance movie at the beginning. Yep. This young boy falls in love with this older woman. Um, and then you have you have one of the most difficult subject matters. Um, the Holocaust, World War II, and finding it walks a very fine line of trying to make her sympathetic, mm-hmm. yet also reminding you that Nazis were horrible, horrible people. 
Yes. Um, so I don't really need a reminder, but sure. No, yeah. but I mean, especially after the fact that you find out she was a Nazi. Yeah. It would be very easy to be like, I hate this person now that I kind of cared about before. Sure. And it's the conflict that he's going through. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you reconcile the person you love the most in the world mm-hmm. is also one of the worst groups of people in the world sure no it's an excellent it's an excellent question i think i think this film tapple uh tapples tapples it, ta- tapples questions yeah. it also tackles them it tackles some big questions and it does it well without hitting you over the head with it yeah um, i think it makes you uncomfortable when it needs to make you uncomfortable and i think it lingers with you afterwards which is what a good film should do for good or for bad absolutely like it, like, it should make you think yeah. And this movie this movie really makes you think. Yeah, this woman had a huge impact on the rest of his life. Like he's not been able to um he's he didn't go back to the town when his father died mm-hmm. because you know, it would bring up memories of her. Right. He's in a failed marriage, presumably mm-hmm. because like the one person that he loved in the world you know, turned out to be uh, turned a Nazi. Out to be a Nazi. Mm-hmm. And kind of broke his heart, too, because she's the one who ends it. She's like, all right, it, we're done now. Agreed. Agreed. So so this movie is really, like Frost Nixon, this movie really wor- also really works on its actors. Because under... Oh, Kate Winslet is just amazing. Incredible. Yeah. But I think under maybe a lesser care um, or a, a less caliber actor, it, the story could flop tremendously. Yes, it could, or or an unskilled director at the same time. I mean, you can't. Yeah, you, you got to give Stephen Dalton credit where credit's due. But I I think that's a huge part. Yes, I think it's a huge part is, is what he is what he brings. Yeah, I rated this just under Frost Nixon for acting. Yeah, and I I think Kate Winslet's one of those a- actors that you she sometimes it's like oh you're Kate it's like it's like it's not like watching Meryl Streep where sometimes you're like oh it's it's Meryl Streep right doing a thing mm. you know like the name the name is bigger than the the name is the name is bigger than the story um or the character yeah. um but and Kate Winslet can maybe suffer through that sometimes but this i think like i forgot it was Kate Winslet i was watching yeah. somebody See, real I, I'm a I'm a fan of Kate Winslet, but I've never really gotten, I've never really felt that with her. Like I felt that with Meryl Streep, absolutely. But Kate Winslet, I I never have a problem buying that she is this character hmm. that she's playing. I don't think ever she's playing herself. Don't get me wrong. You know what I mean? Like, but I think like, um, yeah. But it's not just Kate Winslet doing a part, right? Um, it's yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, like sometimes the. Your fame makes it hard to become a character. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's what I mean. Yeah, I, I can see what you're saying. Um, the music in this film, uh, while not memorable, I think is probably the best of the bunch um, because there are times where the movies has scenes where there's not a lot of dialogue. Mm-hmm. And we talked about it before, like the music has to drive the movie forward. Agreed. Or at least keep you interested enough in the scenes that linger. And this does good. Like, the music is good for the movie. You won't walk out remembering it or really humming it. Right. But in the moment, but it, it's effect- it does it. But it's immensely effective yeah. in the moment when mm-hmm. it needs to be. I agree. Um, the cinematography, I think it's pretty by the numbers. Yeah. 
I don't think there's anything immensely special about it. No. But I, I don't think so. but I think it's it's good yeah. and it works in conjunction with the rest of the film, but it doesn't it's not it, it's not the standout of the film. Yeah. That I would say that and uh the overall production design. Mm-hmm. Um they're they're good, they're decent. My biggest complaint with this film is the tub directly in the line of sight of the door. You know, but that you have a problem with whoever designed that apartment. I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure they made up this apartment. Like maybe I don't, you don't know that. I don't think they maybe went, it was the style then. I'm pretty sure someone wrote down. Well, like, don't forget I want the tub in but front. But don't of this forget door. though, she's not living in a great place. She's living in a crappy apartment. Yeah. So the fact that that's a thing accentuates the crappy apartmentness of it. You're, you know, I'm not. I'm not letting you do this to me. Be right. No, I'm. This is this is a point against the movie, and it will be a point against. The no, movie. I disagree. I disagree. But I'm going to move fact, on. I'm going to. I'm going to deduct five you're, more points. You're going to deduct points. Yep. Yeah. Very yep. good. Um, the costumes I think are great. I think they're accurate. Yes. I don't think they're anything overly special, but they're good. Yeah. Um, and I think the special effects, the uh, her aging makeup is great at the end. Kate Winslet. Yeah, it's very subtle. Yeah, it's very good. Um. So overall, I think this was a great film. I think it really it really stayed with me. Um, yeah. It's it, even after all this time of having watched it, I think it's it just what, what a what a film. Yeah. No, it, it it works out. It does what it does, and it does it very very well. Yeah, I absolutely I absolutely agree. So next film, Milk, directed by Gus Van Sant, starring Sean Penn, Josh Brolin, Emil Hirsch, and Diego Luna. Um, and also James Franco for a bit. Yeah. And Allison Pill for a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so this is the, Milk is the story of Harvey true Milk. True story. The true story of Harvey Milk, who was a, um, who was a gay politician and gay rights activist in 70s San Francisco. Yes. Um, it was a very big deal at the time. Yeah. Um, and I think this film is is still relevant and I think that's important for an Oscar film or yes. particularly a best picture film it needs to be relevant yes to which I think this to to which I think this film this film is um it's a true story and so I don't really want to I want to spoil I guess it's weird cuz I don't want to spoil too much for people who haven't seen any of these films but at the well, same time they've had they've had years they've had years of history yeah um so so what do you what do you think of the story uh, the story's good. Um, at time, at sometimes I wish they would have closed the gap on what they wanted to cover, um, because towards the end, I feel like um, the end kind of wraps up a little too fast. It wraps up too fast. Yeah, like like you can see, like um, Josh Brolin's arc of. You know his his parallel arc of getting elected with Harvey, yeah, and then like his slow descension to where he ends up at the end. Mm-hmm. I feel is kind of brushed off to the side, sure, to the point where it's like I don't, I don't like. I know this is what happened, yeah, but I don't see the motivation or even like his weird motivation. I agree with you. I don't think the film I think the film does a really good job at giving me exactly who Harvey Milk was. 
Yes. But I don't think it gives me a good job at giving me almost anything else besides that. Yeah. It's a good character film. It's a good character piece Absolutely. for Harvey. Um, but I think I think character motivation is made but I don't think the I don't think the other cast members are really fleshed out, which in the end hurts the end of the film. Yes. Because you're supposed to really believe why why Harvey Milk was assassinated. Which they tell you at the beginning of the film, right? You know the framing devices. Yeah, that, you know in, he's he's recording his life, right? Because he thinks he, because he's had threats against him, right? Exactly. This wasn't necessarily the threat, but it was just an in case of, right? So he, so he's you basically told that he's going to die at the end of the film, right? Um. So, so, but I don't. One, the the film loses that device. It like forgets about it and then yeah. comes back to it, which I I don't really care for. But I don't. But I think so much is spent on Harvey. You're missing what isn't is an important part, and that's why these things happen to him at the right. end. Um, so I agree with you. And I mean, Harvey was assassinated with the mayor, and yes. I think, and the mayor is just kind of there, just kind of there. And I think we could have used a little bit more. We could have used more mayor. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think. It's I mean it's a character film, but I think the story deserves something bigger than a character film. And I think maybe yeah. that that's what my main problem with it is. Yeah. That being said, I think Sean Penn blows blows us out of the park. I think he was incredible. And yes. I'm not I don't love Sean Penn in everything. Right. But he was almost unrecognizable. I think he yeah. he was unbelievably watchable. Oh, absolutely. It goes it goes back to your Meryl Streep argument. Like I know it's Sean Penn, and there are times it, it kind of feels like Sean Penn, but for the most part, it, he is Harvey Milk. Yes, exactly. Oh. And you see a bit of that in the credits. They do the, like, this is what they look like right. for real thing, and you can really see it, even yeah. in that small amount of time. Yeah, the the makeup to get him to look that way, his his voice, mannerisms, you know, he 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 does great in this movie. I agree. I think other people do too. I think Diego Luna does a really good job as his boyfriend. The crazy one. The crazy yeah. one. Yeah. I think um I think James Franco does a good job of being the voice of reason for the time that he's in the film. Mm. I mean he's he's being James Franco. Yeah, which is not but ever that's a but good that's thing. but that's what he was maybe called to do. When you when you hire James Franco, you you're you know exactly what you're getting. Yeah, but you shouldn't be calling James Franco. That's your opinion and the opinion of many, I'm sure. Um and then and I think Allison Pills also fairly good oh, because Allison Pills is great in whatever she does. Yeah, like I want a spinoff movie of just Allison, just Pill. Allison Pills doing yep. things. Um, but then, so that we talked about this earlier, like Josh Brolin is kind of left in the dust. Yeah, um, which is a shame. He's just kind he's of a there. great actor. So let's talk about the music. Of Danny the Elfman. Danny Elfman doing a thing. This is this is his um, second Gus Van Sant movie because he did um, Goodwill Hunting. He did. Yep. Yeah. I know. Always amazes me. Yeah, I don't. I mean, this is. I think Danny Elfman's a lot more versatile than people give him credit for. And I think you hear a lot of like, "Oh, Danny Elfman." Yeah, usually from you. I know, because I like going right. Like once a day. I know. We even when no one's around. Yeah, truly. Like once a day, I get a call from you about this. Yeah, I don't. I don't even say hello anymore. I just start going. But it is a decidedly, for the most part, it is a decidedly different Danny Elfman. 
You're um, a decidedly different Danny Elfman. And uh, no, I, well, I am. Yeah, <laughs> um, but it's good. But like you can see him kind of go back to Danny Elfman during the because at at one point it gets into the um like uh or like children's choir. Okay. La 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 la. That was in like mm-hmm. Home Alone and, and Home, Home Alone is a Home Alone is a John Williams score. Really? Yeah. Are you sure? I'm a hundred percent positive. I'm gonna look that up at you, some point. It's I'm a hundred percent positive. Right. Well, then he stole it from John Williams. I but it's that very so. it's that lilting children's choir. He used it in Batman Returns. Is that what you're thinking of? Yeah. La 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 yeah. la 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 light airy. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Um, so you, he kind of falls into that a little bit here and there, uh, and that's when you really notice it's Danny Elfman. But um, it's good. It's not his best. Okay. I mean, I'm I'm with you. I think it's good, but it's not his best. Yeah. I think it's a good theme, but kind of forgettable, and then that's that. Um, cinematography. It's okay. It's fine. It's not. It's pretty basic. Yeah. It doesn't really do the, any. Yeah. Kind of, you know, aside from aside from Sean Penn's acting. That kind of sets. That kind of sums up this movie. Is it's okay. It's, That's true. It's Costumes, just production above, design, cinematography, yeah. music, all of it. It's, it's just above average. Yep. It's really Sean Penn that yeah. like propels this movie to. I want to say watchability, but like to oh, be yeah, nominated it's for best picture. It's oh, definitely yeah. enjoyable, but it's definitely his performance that makes this yeah. best, best picture worthy. Yeah, yeah I'm a hundred percent with you. So let's move on then. Yes. To the final movie, yes, Slumdog of Millionaires, Slumdog uh-huh. Millionaire, directed by Danny Boyle uh, and starring Dev Patel and Frida Pinto. This is the movie that you can thank for having now more than just five movies. Not yeah, after Best Picture, sort of. Um, there was really a, this is the year that there was a a huge uprising that Dark Knight wasn't nominated. That and if they kind of felt like, aside from that. Um, it, they, everyone kind of felt like the Academy got away from accessible movies. Yes, that like, is true. Like none of most these of, movies, most of these films didn't make it into a regular yeah. theater. If I remember correctly, like because Slumdog Millionaire won. Yeah, um, I don't know if it still does, but at the time, Slumdog Millionaire held the record for lowest amount of money made for a Best Picture winner. Really? Yes, I didn't know that. It was something like three ruples. Oh yeah, huh? Um. I don't think it was that low. Yeah, it might have been. That's real. I don't think you know what the exchange rate is. That's really low. It was like 10 bucks. Yeah, I think the bill made more than $10. Oh, okay. All right. Well, then let's talk about this best picture winner, shall we? So the story is um, about this kid, Dev Patel, and it kind of yeah. goes through his life. But our framing device <laughs> is uh, he is on uh, the Who Indian wants to be who, a millionaire? Exactly. That's real good. Um He's on the Indian who wants to be a millionaire yep. in uh, in India, obviously. Um, and so the basically people think police think he's cheated and he's on here, and all of the questions somehow relate back to something that's happened into in his life, right? And so we see him as a kid, and he kind of works his way up to this moment. That's the story. Yes, I don't think there's a lot to it. Um, I think it's, I think it's predictable and the best part of the movie for me was the bollywood dance at the end yeah um it is a very this this easily got my lowest score 
total. Yeah. Um, mostly because of the writing. I did not buy the story. I like, yes, movies, you need suspension and disbelief. Mm -hmm. This, like, this took it to a whole new level. Like, every question on this show in some way tied to his life, except for the end, and then he just blindly guesses correctly. Right. Um, no, I think you're, I think you're right, especially about this idea that, like, there's a suspension of, there needs to be a suspension of disbelief, but I think, I think it, some of that depends on the way that the film is presented, and the way we really see this film at the beginning is just very gritty, real, kinetic India, uh, and so the storybook version, I guess, mm -hmm. of this millionaire framing device, you know, the fact that everything just happens to line up doesn't really fit with the, what the rest of the movie is trying to sell. And so I don't think the two really work in tandem. I don't think the two things really work in tandem together. That being said, I think the, I think the acting is good. I think Dev, but I think everybody does a good job. I don't think anybody does a great job. Yeah. But I think they all do. I think they do a good job. Everyone's I, on par with one another. And I really like Dev Patel. Yeah. A lot. Um, but I, I, I think Frida Pinto does good. She does well. Dev's she does okay. Well. Um, I think the, I think the best acting is the, the police. Efron Khan. Yeah. Yeah. He's great. Yeah. Um, um, he's great in anything. Um, but, don't forget, Devin, Dev is especially in this is a kid, you know. So you got to go. Well, with yeah, him. this is this is him and Frida's first movie, if I remember correctly. First, first one anyway. Here, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what the. Um, but I mean, I mean, aside from that, like the acting's okay. The production, I don't necessarily care for. I didn't like how it was shot. Like the the shaky cam felt shaky, and I will always ding a movie. For shake for bad shaky cam in my eyes, and this has bad shaky cam. I think that there's especially like the chase sequence at the beginning. I think that like the shaky cam is like it's very there's a good kinetic feel to this film. The colors pop where they're supposed to pop. There's a real difference. They with the production design. There's a real dichotomy between. Um, there's a real dichotomy between. Um, like wealthy India and dirty India and yeah. where that gets reconciled with the bright colors and everything like that. I think all of that really works, mm -hmm. but this is definitely the height of shaky cam. There's, some. there's also aside from shaking. I mean, there's a few, there's a few problems with the shaky cam in this one. There are scenes that he bounces back and forth between steady and shaky. Yeah. For no other reason than he's an artist. This is a well, very that's like that's an artsy thing. movie. Yeah, it's the Academy. Of course, it's an artsy movie. Wow, but this this is like ad nauseum. This is like art for the sake of artsy. Mm, I don't. Mm, I don't really actually agree with that. I think, but I think, I think films that are nominated for Best Picture, particularly, are the ones that should be pushing boundaries in some way, whether that's story or cinematography or editing or special effects or whatever. They're they're boundary pushes. They're making films better or worse. Yeah. You know, introducing new things. And so I don't actually I don't actually agree with that because if if films didn't push boundaries and we didn't recognize them for that, we'd still be watching movies filmed like they were a play back in the 30s you yeah. know, or the 20s for that um, matter. Also, one of the things that stood out and 
All right, look, I understand this movie takes place in India. So when this movie takes place in India, you have two choices. Mm-hmm. You have the choice of everyone speaks Hindi, mm-hmm. and it's a foreign movie, and it's subtitled. Or Bengali, yeah. Or, well, yeah. Um, or, so it's a, it's a subtitled movie at that point. Sure. Which is fine. Yeah. I don't mind subtitled movies. Sure. Or you have everyone speak English, and it's the whole, like... Actually, it's, the majority of India speaks English. Well, here's the thing: is um, you have everyone speak English, and like any movie that takes place anywhere outside of America for an American audience, if they're speaking American, it doesn't necessarily mean they're speaking English. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't necessarily mean that they're speaking English. It's just that's how you're like that's how you understand them as the audience okay like there's a comic book the, the, the there's a comic thing of like you know translated from french or translated yeah. from this so it's it's how you're hearing it this movie just bounces back and forth too much like it doesn't want to stay in one language oh sure i know what you mean um yeah i don't it doesn't really bother me especially knowing that india is kind of a melting pot of of these languages like it doesn't it doesn't bother me that people are bouncing back and forth. We live in a country where we learn one language. Yeah. And that's not that's not really how a lot of the rest of the world operates. And so I'm I'm fine with multiple languages. Doesn't bother me in the slightest. It just seemed like there was no rhyme or reason to how one was there and the other wasn't. For, em- for emphasis sometimes yeah that's not a good reason yeah and yeah it honestly doesn't bother me i can i guess i get why it bothers you yeah but i think it's a it's a quibble yeah there's a uh quote from this movie that kind of that kind of sums everything up i mean it's the quote is it is bizarrely possible the the chief says it Mm -hmm. um so well you know it could have happened this way that doesn't begin to describe this movie for me. Like, like I don't buy that this is possible. And sure. I don't even buy why like people would care. If you, like, I don't understand why the police are brought in for a suspected cheater on a game show on TV. Mm. Yeah. So I get. So you're saying that there, um, there's. It's not. It doesn't play up enough of a fairy tale kind of vibe for you to believe the things that are supposedly presented in a realistic sort of way, but right. aren't realistic. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. Look, I think we could both agree that th- while this movie is good for some and definitely a product of its time, with Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Yeah, certainly. Um, I think we both agree this is not the best picture winner. It is definitely not. No, so. The Oscar goes to the reader. The reader, I yeah. agree. Yeah, absolutely agree. Like, I don't know how the reader lost out to Slumdog Millionaire. I think, I think Slumdog Millionaire makes you feel good at the end of the day. Most people feel good at the end of the day. Don't argue with me. Just make it a point. Um, uh, and the reader definitely does not make you feel good at the end of the day. <laughs> and while that's not always the like, the best picture winners don't always have to make you feel that way. Right. Sometimes what is chosen as the best picture reflects what is happening in the country or the world at that time and in 2009 people needed a movie that was going to make them feel good and this this movie about a down on his luck kid in a third world country who found love and money needed to be told 
The the only thing that made me feel good about this movie was the Bollywood dance at the end. The Bollywood dance at the end was great. Like, I loved it. Like, if this movie was two hours shorter and just had that Bollywood dance, I would agree that so, this is Best Picture so winner. So, the movie was 15 minutes and yeah. had a Bollywood dance. Yep. Okay. Um, so, it's basically, you just, like, the, basically the millionaire portions without <laughs> the rest of his life. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's just an episode of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Um, yeah. It's interesting that the first one right out the gate is not the Best Picture winner, and we agree on that. It's unusual that we agree. But uh, yeah. but I think that the reader, the reader, it, it hits all the notes it, better. It hits all the notes better for a really across the board. And I think some things, some some bits are better than others. But you know, best picture is really about all these cohesive bits coming together. And like we're not even talking like we we barely talked about stuff like special effects or editing or yeah. anything like that. But it's about the, all of those pieces coming together to create the best possible picture. Even if say like the acting was better in Frost Nixon. Yeah. than it was in somewhere else. But as a cohesive whole, the reader is the most affecting It's truly thing. the best picture. The best picture. Well, good, goody for them. They get yep. no reward from us. They get no prize. No. Um, uh, but we get a prize. You can rate and review us on iTunes. This is the inaugural episode. So please, rating and reviewing is very important, um, especially four or five stars. One, two, three stars, not that important. You can, you can just forget about it. Yeah, you can take a nap. You can take a nap. So why don't you, in the review, if you don't know what to write, if you don't know what to write the show, how about you say what your pick for best picture is you can tell us you can also tell us in detail um at gmail and on twitter at academy rewind feel free to contact us at any time we are around um you can also find myself on supergirl tv talk and be with geeks uh and you can find our other show on the thought bubble network at thoughtbubbleaudio.com you can find the marketers next door up on there Thought Bubble Audio, Marketers Next Door, Supergirl TV Talk, and Beer with Geeks. All good thing. This has been Academy Rewind. They are playing us off. My no, friends. I have so many more people to thank. Nope. Well, too bad. We got to go. Bye. Bye. <laughs>